Getting your throat slit in a dark alley really sucks. Even worse than that is having to watch your blood spill onto the garbage-strewn pavement of that dark alley and being powerless to do anything about it. I stood above my crumpled form, watching in sick fascination as a dark pool of blood gathered around me. It really is amazing how much blood there is in a human body. You really can't imagine it until you've seen it. I was rooted to this spot from the first instant following the brutal attack. I was forced to watch as I died at my own feet. I wanted to cry out for help, but my throat refused to produce any sound, and I couldn't seem to move my new spirit body. It was after three in the morning, and the shadowed streets of West Philadelphia were quiet. No one came to help as I watched myself gasp for the last time. I waited for the white light for my spirit to rise up into the celestial city of the Almighty. When this didn't happen, I braced myself for the impending descent into the fiery pits of hell. Still, nothing happened. A half hour passed before I saw the flashing lights of a slowly moving patrol car. An officer was moving along the sidewalk, peering into the dark alleyways of the street, while his partner trailed in their squad car. After a few more minutes of searching, a beam of light swept over my still body. The young cop let out a cry of discovery and ran forward, drawing his pistol while calling out to his partner. Philadelphia's finest had found me. Unfortunately, they were too late. My name is Veronica Kane, and I guess I'm a ghost now. Today, or I should say yesterday, was my 21st birthday. I'd gone out with some of my friends from the University of Pennsylvania to celebrate my now-legal drinking age. We'd partied late into the night, getting smashed and having fun doing it. As the night wore on, friends left and new ones arrived, but in the end, I was the last to say goodnight to my favorite club, the Electric Factory in Center City. I rode the bus back to West City, where my apartment was located, but rather than transfer to a second bus, I decided to walk the remaining seven or eight blocks to my home. The fall evening was comfortably cool, and I wanted to sober up a little before bed. This was only my second time getting drunk, and I wasn't used to the dizzying feeling that came with it. My ears were buzzing like the crackling speakers before Motley Crue took the stage, and the earth wouldn't stop moving even when I paused to catch my breath. The attack came suddenly, without warning. I was grabbed from behind by powerful arms. One quickly wrapped around my neck while the other pinned my arms to my sides. The man was tall. I'm 5'9", but he towered at least six to eight inches over me. He picked me up off the ground and whispered in my ear, Shh, be a good girl and be still. His voice was gruff and he stank of onions and rotten meat. Fear washed over me like a bucket of cold water being dumped over my head. My stomach lurched and sudden nausea threatened to make me puke. I tried to struggle, but the intense fear that racked my gut and the sickening vertigo that was overwhelming my senses conspired to make the attempt at resistance futile. I fought against the rising panic that threatened to engulf me and tried to calm myself through meditation exercises. It was the most difficult thing I'd ever done, but the years of grueling training in my dad's dojo kicked in and I was able to calm myself enough to think past the terror that made it near impossible for me to breathe without hyperventilating. 
The man slung me over his shoulder, and I promptly barfed all over his back. He growled in anger and disgust, but didn't flinch or put me down to clean himself off. He just started walking. He carried me several blocks until he turned into the dank alley that I now found myself in. Throwing up had made me feel a little better. The world wasn't spinning anymore, but I still felt weak and sick. Once we reached the back of the narrow alley, he swung me back around to his front but didn't put me down. Instead, he maintained a tight hold on me with one powerful arm. I heard him fumbling around for something in his coat, and I instinctively knew that I had to get away now. This was probably the only chance I'd get. 